We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today is Monday, March the 14th, 2022, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. On today's show, horns freaking down as South Carolina takes two of three from the top-ranked Texas Longhorns over the weekend. Guys, I'll recap just what happened at Founders Park, including my key takeaways. We'll hand out the Ooh Ooh Award, talk slap dick of the weekend, who's hot, who's not, and what's next, the Yardcocks as well. Also, guys, we do have news and notes to get into, including men's basketball learning their postseason fate, as well as women's basketball now knowing they are the number one overall seed as they enter postseason play. Guys, we have got a packed show for you here on this Monday. And of course, as always, it's brought to you by the Spurs Up Show Store. Guys, TSUS.store, the best Gamecocks merchandise on the internet be sure to stay tuned all of our latest drops including t-shirts hoodies long sleeves pullovers flags koozies stickers you name it we got it again the best Gamecocks merchandise on the internet and you're gonna want to keep a close eye for some new merchandise today to celebrate South Carolina's victory over the Texas Longhorns. Also, we are running a 15% promo code discount for the next 24 hours. As again, we continue to celebrate the series victory. So again, that's over at TSUS.store. That's TSUS.store. Be sure to check us out. The best Gamecocks merchandise on the internet. Let's get it. In what feels like a long time. I can finally say this once again. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it feels good to be 
Good. Happy Monday. Hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up Show as always, and we have got a packed show for you here on this Monday. And what is a celebratory Monday? Again, guys, we've had some therapy Mondays. We've had some positive Mondays, and this one's got to rank up there as one of the most fun Mondays and what should be one of the most fun weeks we've had in quite some time as we celebrate what happened over the weekend on both the diamond, the hardwood for our ladies as well. Again, guys, we have so much to dive into, so much to discuss, and I'm on freaking cloud nine right now as we sit here in the studio just a couple of hours after watching South Carolina. And what a day Sunday was. Truly a great day to have a date. Again, guys, we're going to get into all that much more. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. I hope this show does find you well, no matter where you are, what you're doing. If you're a student and you're coming back from spring break, I hope you stayed out of trouble and nothing else and you made your way back to class today. But either way, guys, hope you're all doing well. Again, appreciate your love. Appreciate your support. Everybody who showed love over the last couple of days at Founders Park. Again, guys, thank you all so much for that. Thank you all for extending your, your thanks and your gratitude and just your hello and talking Gamecocks. Man, it's an absolute pleasure every single time I get to go to Founders Park and every single time I get to hang out with the Rowdy Roosters and interact with you also. Again, guys, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your love, your support, rocking and rolling with us. Cannot say it enough without you guys. TSUS is not what it is and what it is becoming. Again, guys, I want to dive right into the baseball because I have so many thoughts, so much to discuss. Before we do, though, a couple of quick reminders and housekeeping items. First things first, guys, of course, this week, normal schedule, podcast, Daily Crow, and yes, Tin Roof also on Wednesday. We will be there live, 6 to 8, $3 drafts, $3 rumple, $3 fireball, and again, a great time, great food, great people. You already know the drill. So again, guys, come on out in the Vista 6-8 to eight, as we celebrate this series victory and also look ahead of this weekend as SEC play begins for the Yardcocks. Then, guys, it's always a fun time out at Tin Roof. Um, also, just a couple of quick updates and things. Uh, one that's not so much up in the air is more so concrete, something else that's about 90-95% sure. Um, I'll start with the spring practice coverage because, guys, of course, Starting tomorrow, South Carolina football returns to the practice field as spring practice gets underway. And, of course, guys, normally that's somewhat of a footnote. We all know that football is king, but normally, you know, it's spring practice. We're in the midst of baseball, basketball going on. Uh, sort of a footnote, if you will, but obviously with everything going on around Gamecocks football with Spencer Rattler and, you know, what Shane Beamer's building the momentum, we will have full spring practice coverage and this week is actually going to be a very heavy football content week in regards to our spring practice preview top position units we're looking for position battles if you will um just thoughts on spring ball you know it's going to be a really really good time again talking football talking Carolina football so again guys you guys stay tuned for that and then one last thing, and a bit of a surprise, if you will. Again, I'm about 95% sure on this. I got to meet with the fine folks this afternoon over at Carolina Alehouse. But I'm pretty sure that TSUS will be hitting the road this weekend to Knoxville, Tennessee, to watch the Yardcocks take on the Tennessee Volunteers in the first SEC Series 
of the season. And guys, again, I've actually never even been to Knoxville in my entire life. So again, if you guys have any great suggestions, if there's any Gamecocks up in that area and you guys want to link up, would love to hear from you. But again, I will know by this time tomorrow um, if we are for sure going, but I'm about 95% sure it's going to happen. Just have to confirm with the Carolina Alehouse people that they've got their St. Patty's Day stuff going on and nothing crazy is going on and they want to do new watch parties or anything like that. But uh, either way, I do believe that TSUS, we're going to hit the road this weekend for a little business trip and going to be live on site from Knoxville, from Lindsey Nelson Stadium to watch the Yardcocks take on Tennessee. So again, guys, a lot of exciting stuff, but we've got to talk and let's dive into what happened over the weekend as South Carolina doesn't just shock us, doesn't just shock Texas, doesn't just shock the SEC, but the Yardcocks shock all of college baseball as they take down the number one ranked team in all of college baseball, losing game one on Saturday by a final score of nine to five, but then winning the doubleheader in both games yesterday, game one victory four to two. And then that second game winning big blowing them out nine to four in a game that really was not even that close. And guys, let's start with the key takeaways Man, I mean, I am on cloud nine right now, fired up, so ecstatic, so excited. And again, guys, I, I tell you all the time, right? Baseball is a very long season. And you have to stay level-headed, right? You can't get too high. You can't get too low. But let me also say this. Don't ever be afraid to celebrate the victories, especially when you're a fan, right? I'm speaking almost more from the player aspect of staying even keel. And again, it's a 56-game regular season. You have conference tournament. You have postseason, all of that, right? On the fan side of things, though, you know, sports, being a fan of a team, it's not the easiest thing in the world. So when your team wins, don't give someone else grief for celebrating it, right? I believe in celebrating victories in life, in sport, no matter how big or small, because life is hard. And if you don't take time to celebrate those victories, right, you make it even more tough for yourself. And again, it's one of those things, you move on tomorrow to the midweek, and then, of course, this weekend, you don't cling on to it forever. But right now, guys, on this Monday, hey, Gamecock fans, South Carolina baseball fans, I know it was a rough start to the season. I know Last weekend against the arch rival was rough. I know the Xavier game in the midweek was rough, but sit here today and pat yourself on the back because that was an absolute blast. That was one of the most fun weekends of South Carolina baseball that I can recall in, in recent memory. Again, when you beat the number one team in the country twice in a single day, again, it just really feels good to be good. And baseball is a very funny game. You know, I said this in the the post-game thoughts, if you will, immediately following the game. But it is. It is. You know, a week ago or so to the date, this team was left for dead by a lot of the fan base. And I, I'm not here on this Monday to say, oh, I told you so, or attack the fans or anything like that. Like that. But the general consensus was, oh, this is a lost season. Mark Kingston has completely lost, uh, you know, his hold of things. He needs to go. And guys, again, I, I, I'm not sitting here saying you should sit on this Monday and proclaim South Carolina as an Omaha ball club or even a super regional ball club. You know, they may still very well still have a, have a less than stellar season, okay? But just sitting here, present moment as we are on this Monday, I mean, I can't help but laugh the game of baseball. It is the most 
stupid, beautiful, incredible, uh, mind-boggling game in the history. Because what's beautiful about the game of baseball, guys, is this. It's not like football or basketball or other sports where there is a clock and you can play keep away and you can basically put your foot on your opponent's throat and suffocate them to the point of victory. Now, here's the difference. And what makes baseball a beautiful game? Baseball is a game in this. There is no clock. There is no time limit. There are 27 outs. And there are nine players on each side. And no matter what the score is, no matter what you are ranked, no matter how good or bad you are, you have to give the other man a chance by throwing that ball across the plate. And you know what's funny, guys, in life and in baseball? When you give people chances and you give people opportunities, sometimes, just sometimes, they have to and they want to rise to the occasion. Sometimes, sometimes, weird things happen. Because, again, when you give people opportunities, you just never know. And I'll tell you this, guys. People look back at those 2010 teams and 2011 teams, and God forbid I'm not trying to compare anything going on right now to those days. But my point is this. Guys are not born legends. Legends are formed when preparation meets opportunity. And so what's beautiful to watch is it may not happen the first go around. It may not happen the second or even the third. But a lot of times you see a dude get an opportunity, and it's just such a beautiful thing when they make the most of it. And I think you started to see that over the weekend. Again, was it just a one-weekend thing? Was it catching lightning in a bottle? Did, did Texas not play their best baseball? Doesn't matter. The beautiful thing about this game of baseball, it's a funny game, guys. It's a funny game. But when you have to give your, an, a, your opponent a chance, when you have to give your opponent a chance, crazy things happen. Because sometimes, again, like I said, people have to and they want to pull even more out of themselves than they thought was possible to reach victory. And you saw that, I think, in multiple facets over this past weekend, and it was a thing of beauty. And I tell you guys this, as, as brutal and as painful as last weekend was against the arch rival, this was the kind of weekend, guys. This was the kind of weekend that, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it just it sparks a crazy run and it turns around the season and now you're an Omaha-bound club. But who knows what it can do for this team's confidence? Who knows? What happens from here? Now, getting into what happens specifically on the field, let's talk the starting pitchers. Let's talk the pitching first um, because I definitely want to dive into hitting and, and how impressed I am with those guys. But my takeaways from all three of the starters, Noah Hall on Saturday and then Will Sanders game one Sunday, Matthew Becker game two, because I think what's interesting right now, guys, is you know while you do wait on Julian Bosnick to return to health and you got a lot of pitchers that are out right now, you know, you're going into the opening week in an SEC play uh, this upcoming weekend. So you, you need to start to formulate and start to figure out, okay, who are our best options in regards to a starting rotation? And I will say this, although you lost game one Saturday, nine to five, 
I thought Noah Hall pitched his tail off. I really did. Again, you give up 14 hits in that ballgame, as I talked in the postgame. You're not going to beat anybody giving up 14 hits. Heck, Tennessee, who you play this weekend, and again, guys, we'll break them down much, much more in depth later in the week, but one of the best offenses, if not the best offense in all of college baseball, right? So you're not going to beat them giving up 14 hits. But you look at Noah Hall's line, uh, four and two-third, 10 hits, seven runs, seven earned, four walks, six strikeouts. I thought he really battled his tail off. And I think the point that Mark Kingston made after the game on Saturday night, in which he said, you know, we're at a point right now because we have a lack of arms. We're leaving guys in probably one inning longer than we'd like to. And I do think that was the case with Noah Hall. I think if you pull him there in the fourth, I think his numbers obviously look much better. But you were just trying to get as much as you possibly could out of him. But I will say this. I like Noah Hall as a starter right now. I think Noah Hall battles. I think he competes. I think stuff is good in the low 90s. Um, it's good enough to work for you and give you a chance. Now, on Sunday, hats off, tip the cap to both guys that threw. Obviously, Will Sanders, guys, who moves to 3-0 and after he throws six innings pitch, four hits, two runs, two earned, three walks, six strikeouts, and made some huge, huge pitches for you down the stretch there in a 4-2 victory. Uh, Will Sanders, at minimum, guys, he is going to give you a chance to win every single time that he takes the mound. Bottom line, every time he takes the mound, you are going to have a chance. This is a dude who next year, yes, we have him next year. He's going to be a top three-round guy, 94-95 with the fastball. It comes out the hand easy. I mean, you saw it against Clemson. You just saw it against the best team or at least the number one-ranked team right now in college baseball. Will Sanders is a legitimate dude. For South Carolina, he's going to be so much fun to watch this year. And then last but not least, man, I mean, Matthew freaking Becker. Unbelievable. The youngster from Chapin High School. You know, when they announced Bex was starting, I had – and, and I've watched this kid pitch, right? And I like the stuff. I, I do like the stuff. It's not anything really flashy, um, but it works. But it works, right? Serviceable. And again, this is one of the main ones, if not the main guy that I was talking about, that when you give people opportunities, and especially youngsters and especially freshmen, right? Like, you can go out to all the inner squad you want. You can watch all the scrimmages you want. You can watch teams play against George Washington and play against Northeastern and play against UNC Greensboro and play against Liberty and play against, you know, whoever, right? But you know what? Some guys, sometimes you put them in a situation like, hey, we're going to hand you the freaking baseball and let's start against the number one ranked Texas Longhorns. Sometimes you get more than you expect. And Matthew Becker literally channeling his inner Michael Roth. I mean, you could not have asked for a better performance six innings pitched one hit one run one earned three walks and 11 11 strikeouts guys I'll tell you this that's as good as I have seen the stuff look for that young man since I've seen him in garnet and black I mean the fastball I had not seen him touch a 91 I had not seen that type of velo but, you know, he was sitting 89, 90, bumped the 91, but the run on the fastball was really good. A lot of life on that thing, a lot of movement, a lot of sink as well. The curveball, I thought, was a really, really nice sharp curveball. And then, of course, that typical lefty changeup, man. Just, uh, you know, the arsenal was there. He threw three pitches for strikes. And I'll tell you this, I think Matthew Becker most certainly 
earned another start, in my opinion. I think you go into the Tech Tennessee weekend, he's got to be one of your three guys that are getting the baseball. Bottom line, again, you don't want to overreact to just one start, but what a start it was. I mean, what a start it was, and it just, you know, again, a youngster getting his opportunity, stepping up and pitching with swagger, pitching with emotion, not intimidated at all, getting a huge game, game three, rubber match. Yes, you're at home, but still, you're facing the number one team in college baseball, and he shoves it up their ass. I mean, you just can't ask for more than he gave you, man. So, again, I actually right now, I'm not saying it's one of the best rotations in the SEC, far from it, but the trio of Sanders-Hall-Becker – I'm not opposed to it. Again, as you await Julian Bosnick's return and others, if you will, I think Noah Hall is really, honestly, guys, if you can get these pitchers back, I mean, Noah Hall's shaping up as a really nice bullpen piece for you. Really nice. And I think Becker, again, is sort of establishing himself as a guy that, you know, is he going to be the Sunday guy all year or the Saturday guy all year? I, I don't know about that, but he's at least emerging as, hey, if we need a guy to start, like, He's obviously done it and done it at a very, very, very high level. But, again, it's just so much fun to watch, guys, that stars are born. You know, stars are born. And a guy like Matthew Becker literally grew up in front of our eyes yesterday. And that was just amazing to watch. Now, let's move to the offensive side, guys. Let's, let's move swinging the stick. Because as much as we're talking pitching, I mean, these hitters and the adjustment they made. Five runs, 11 hits in the first game. That alone. I think most of us expected South going to score five runs all weekend, but to score five runs in the first game off 11 hits. Game one of the doubleheader, you score four runs on six hits and you get the victory. And then the final game, guys, nine runs on 14 hits. I mean, pure domination. So let's do the math here. That's nine, 18 runs. And that is 17, 31 hits in three games. 18 runs on 31 hits in three games against what you could argue is, at least coming to the weekend, was literally the best pitching staff in all of college baseball. So what changed? Because I know many of you are sitting here saying, Chris, like, where was this? And I was saying the same thing. Where was this last weekend? Where was this in the midweek? And again, guys, sometimes all it takes is a weekend like this. I, I, I don't know. You know, I don't have all the answers. I, you obviously were much better. And you weren't even perfect. That's the crazy thing. You were not perfect. You know, there were certainly instances where you left the bases loaded and you left guys in scoring position. And it's baseball, and that's going to happen. It's baseball, and that's going to happen. But for the most part, I, I just I thought the situational hitting was really good. Um, you came up with clutch knock after clutch knock after clutch knock. And again, guys, you know, everybody talk coming in the season. You, you, you got to produce runs. You got to be more productive. You can't just rely on the homer. You, you didn't rely on the homer. I mean, did we hit a home run all weekend? I, I forget. Forgive me if, I, if I'm not remembering. Uh, yeah. Okay. So Brant Belk in the first game. That's right. Brant Belk did hit a homer in the first game. But I think throughout the rest of the weekend, I don't think there was a single home run. No, there wasn't. There wasn't a single home run by South Carolina. So one home run in three games, yet you scored 18 runs on 31 hits. I, you know, I, I thought the patience was there by South Carolina, by the way. I was really impressed with the patience. You drew nine walks in the second game of the doubleheader. Uh, you drew, I guess, just one walk in that first one. But nine walks in the final game. Um, 
He drew three walks in the first game of the series. But I, I just – I like the approach. You know, the strikeouts are down. You know, it's, it's at least tough, competitive at bats. You know, while you're not always scoring, this team is now starting to find ways to manufacture runs, guys. And I told you – and again, I'm not trying to be Mr. Told You So here, but I told you, you know, I felt like this lineup was exponentially improved from last year. And yes, the hitting got off to a slow start, but I still believe that. I think this lineup top to bottom in regards to productivity and average and scoring runs is going to be better. I think it is better. I think when you add veteran bats like Brant Belk and Kevin Madden, and you're seeing Andrew Eister doing what he's doing and Braylon Wimmer doing what he's doing and Josiah Seitler starting to kind of come along a little bit and you're having some youngsters step up like the Lee Croys of the world and the, the Carson Hornungs of the world. Um, you know, good things are going to happen for you. Really, really good things are going to happen for you. So, again, I want to see the approaches continue to improve. I want to continue to see them get better. But, um, you know, just finding ways to win, man. And, again, you got to be complimentary. You got to tip your cap. You got to say nothing but good things about this group. When they swing the bat that way they did against, again, arguably the best pitching staff in all of college baseball. So, I mean, you know, it's still not perfect. There's still things I think that still have to be worked out, kinks that need to be, you know, you still got to be better with runners in scoring position. I think that's going to be something you're constantly harping on. But I don't know. I mean, I I don't know if I want to say the the focus or the the intensity or or, or what have you was there more so than before because I don't think it was necessarily lacking. It's just the execution was there. I mean, bottom line, you were just executing. You know, I saw a lot of hard-hit balls this past week, and I saw in a lot of situations where, you know, it wasn't doinkers, it wasn't straight-up pop-ups, it wasn't strikeouts, it wasn't weak grounders. There were hard-hit baseballs at the outfield, and that's what you want to see. You want to continue to see your guys, your guys, you know, get their timing down and, and be able to drive and run. So, again, I, I thought the approach was fantastic. Again, guys, I told you before, if this team can figure out the pitching, if they can get guys back healthy – I really do believe, top to bottom, this is a much, much better swinging club than what we've seen to this point. Again, I thought I think you got a glimpse of that over the weekend. Now, moving into this, guys, what does this series victory say about this ball club? Because, again, after last weekend, I was saying don't overreact, right? Don't mail in the season because of one bad weekend. And now I sit here on this Monday saying I'm not going to crown this team and act like all is fine, all is well, this team's perfect, we're going to Omaha because of one good weekend. But I will tell you this, and I want to go back to something I said last week. Because after Tuesday, I was fired up. After Tuesday, I was as fired up as I've been in the Kingston era. And walking into that ballpark on Saturday, guys, I was almost like ticked off. I was a little ticked off. And I want to tell you why. Because I felt like, you know, Texas, the number one team, their fans are all in our ballpark. And I just felt like that should be us. We should be the number one team in the country. We should be getting the hype that Texas is getting. Why are we not? And I just felt not a pissed off nature in the sense of pissed off at anyone, just because I'm pissed off for greatness. I'm pissed off and want us to be great. I want us to be good. I do. We all do, right? You probably wouldn't be tuning to this podcast and and, and follow our content if you didn't want the Gamecocks to be great, bottom line. But, and I don't know how much, you know, I don't, I want to say this. I I don't know how much the teams at the University of South Carolina, the players, I, I know they see it. I'm sure they do. I know for a fact they do. But 
I don't know how much they take my word to heart, if you will. But I challenge this group. I challenge this group in the sense of, hey, this is South kind of baseball, man. There is a standard to uphold. The guys that came before you and wore those pinstripes and wore that SC, the guys you're playing with and the guys who will come after you, there is a standard to uphold. And approaching the game the right way and keeping that standard in mind and taking a lot of pride on what that SC says on your jersey. And I will tell you this, I, I don't know if this series victory tells us or draws conclusions of what this season will be, that this is a great team, this is an average team, this is an okay team, or maybe this is still a mediocre team. I don't know, but i tell you this, I, I'm proud of this team for attacking this weekend the right way. I was proud after Saturday. I, I, you know, I wasn't happy by any means, but I thought we battled. I thought we fought. You know, I thought it was just simply put a lack of arms and, and what we're dealing with in the bullpen, and it's no excuses win anyway, but the realities of what we're dealing with when it comes to the pitching staff. But the way this team attacked Sunday and just never backed down from the number one team in the country, that was a lot of fun to watch. This team played with a swagger. This team played with a chip on its shoulder. They did not cower from Texas. They did not give Texas anything. It's like, hey, you're in our house. We don't care that you are Texas. We don't care what you are ranked. We are South Carolina. And we more than belong on the same field as you. Now, what I think also, what I think also, this series victory says about this ball club is this. I think this club's got a chance to be pretty good. You know, Texas is a good team, guys. Texas is a very good ball club. They are. I think they got their own issues to figure out in their lineup. You know, I think Melendez obviously is a fantastic player. Outside of that, I think they're kind of kind of figuring it out, if you will. The pitching's elite, but um, we got a chance to be pretty decent. We do. I mean, again, I'm not going to draw conclusions. Hey, we're just about to begin the SEC grind. Ten straight weekends of SEC play. So we're going to find out real quick. We're going to find out who we are, and it's a long grind in the SEC. But I'll tell you guys this, and I know some of you are still out on Mark Kingston. Listen, that's totally fine. But I think what he said was true, and, and, I, and I echo what he said. Guys, I think we have the sticks to get it done this year. I, I really do. I think we have the sticks. Top about. Are we going to go cold at times? Are there going to be days we can't hit? Sure, man, it's baseball. But overall, I think we've got the sticks to get it done. If the arms can come together, if guys can continue to step up, you can get some guys back healthy as well. I mean, who knows, man? We might mess around and host a regional. I mean, you never know because, guys, again, if you look at the start, and again, tomorrow you got Gardner-Webb. Let's just assume you get a W, okay, because you should. You'll be sitting at 10 and 6 going into SEC play. How far off is that really from what we predicted to start the year? Because I think most people, you know, they didn't want to believe that we lose, we get swept by Texas, right? But it was very possible. And I think most people thought we should have taken two or three from Clemson. So you just switch those results and add in a loss to UNCG. I mean, you're not really like, it's like, 
winning two of three against Texas all of a sudden, I don't want to say salvaged your season, but it put new life in your season. No doubt. It put new life in your season. So, listen, I think everything's on the table for you. I, I, I think you're in a fine spot. You don't feel like now going into SEC play, you're necessarily playing behind the eight ball as much as you were, you know? So, again, you know, it's a huge confidence boost. You're not going to draw conclusions from the fifth weekend of the year, but it is a huge confidence boost, and I think it should show people this club is very capable of some big things this year. Let's see if things continue to click. Will the bats stay hot? Because I think they're going to have to. Do guys continue to step up in the pitching staff? And if that happens, I think this, this club's got some potential, no doubt. And my final takeaway, guys, is this, and something I'll talk about all this week. But what's so intriguing, this time last week and after Tuesday, I was talking about adversity and responding to adversity. Well, now you've won two or three against Texas. And people like me and you and analysts and personalities and prognosticators, they're going to tell South Carolina how great they are. And, oh, man, we knew it all along. You had it in you all along. You're so good. Carolina baseball's back. Well, there's a new challenge now for this club, and it's handling prosperity. It's handling prosperity. Because, again, I can be on cloud nine, guys. We can be on cloud nine. We're not on the field of play. But if you're one of those players, you're that coaching staff, it's all about staying even keel. Hey, you know what? We're just playing baseball. We're handling our business. No matter what happens, positive or negative, good or bad, you take it for what it is, you have a short memory, and you keep it freaking moving. And you attack, 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 attack. And you trust that if you do that, you will have more good days than you have bad days. You don't change up the game plan because of the result. You stick to the process. And you trust the process will continue to work for you. And when you get positive results, when you get positive results, hey, you harness that momentum. You let it fuel you while also staying level-headed. So that's what I want to see this week now. And again, I'm going to talk about that a lot more tomorrow and the rest of the week. Handle prosperity and handle this series victory the correct way. All right, let's move guys into the ooh, ooh series award, the series MVP, if you will. And guys, there's a lot of dudes at the plate that swung it really, really well. But it's got to go to Matthew Becker. I mean, what Matthew Becker did in that game yesterday, six innings pitched, one hit, one run, one earned, just on the solo shot, three walks, and 11 strikeouts. You know, I talked last week, guys, take pride in it when you're wearing five, when you're wearing 10, when you're wearing 13, when you're wearing 12, when you're wearing 27. Well, Matthew Becker rocking 29 on his back, he channeled his inner Michael Roth, and he spun a gem that I know even Mike will be proud of. I mean, what a game. Unbelievable. The local product. I know, I know we had family, I'm sure, in town. I mean, just what a game. What a game that was by Becker. Unbelievable. I mean, it goes beyond words. Man. And, again, it's, it's just so much fun to watch a kid when you get the opportunity. You, you make the most of it. So, again, Matthew Becker, six in his pitch, one hit, one run, one earned, three walks, low and strikeouts. So that young man, bro, kudos. Honestly, man, from one southpaw to another, I tip my cap to you, sir. I'm literally tipping my cap as I'm recording this show right now. Unbelievable. It was a pleasure to watch you sling the rock. And uh, hey, let's keep going, young man. You got to top that performance next weekend. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's move into slap dick of the weekend. Oh, this one's fun. 
This one's fun. The Texas shortstop, Trey Faltine. And in case you missed it, I'm sure you didn't because you probably saw the video. Trey Faltine and a batter's circle. I don't know if they don't teach you to stand in the batter's circle in Texas. Listen, it's, it's not even the fact, was it a big deal to me? Did I care that he moved the circle? Did I care that, do I care that a guy doesn't want to stand in the batter's circle? I, I don't care. Doesn't phase me. Doesn't bother me. I think when I played, I didn't stand in a batter's circle the little bit that I did hit. But to make a deal of it the way he did, and it's so funny what happened after he made that deal of it. And yeah, he had a home run, I think, in the first game or whenever he did. Maybe it was Saturday. He struggled so badly after that, though. And the South kind of fans, the rowdy roosters, we were all over him. Trey Faltine. I mean, just the, the, the slap dickery that took place while he was doing that and making the to-do of it that he did and just making an ass of himself. I mean, was it really necessary, my guy? Was it really necessary? What advantage are you trying to get moving that? What difference does it make where the batter circle is for you? You know, having to get the umpire involved. I don't know. That one speaks for itself. Trey Faltine, congratulations, my friend. You played yourself. You are slapdick of the weekend. All right, let's move into who's hot and who's not. We'll start, guys, with who's hot and you know what's cool about this one his dad actually played baseball for texas brant belk was on fire this weekend eight for 12 hitting 667 on the weekend two ribby i mean dude dude could have went nine for 12 too there was a play the second baseman made an insane play on him but uh brant belk man you love to see him heating up again guys the missouri transfer i told you all in the preseason how excited i was about him a veteran presence at the top of that lineup and he looked great in that leadoff spot so again guys brant belk who's hot eight for 12 in the weekend with two ribbies keep on keeping on young man also who's not we got to talk who's not Guys, I got an N.A. here. I think everybody threw pretty well and, and played pretty well. I got nothing to say about anybody. So, you know what? Who's not? You know who's not hot? Texas fans. I, I don't know. You know, actually, I don't even know. I thought Texas fans were cool for the most part. I thought they were cool. Um, no, we get an N.A. for who's not. Everybody, Everybody's doing well. All right, what's next for the Yardcocks? Tomorrow, the Gamecocks will take on Gardner-Webb in the midweek. And then, of course, guys, this weekend, as I mentioned, the SEC series, SEC play opens up at Lindsey Nelson against the Tennessee Volunteers. Going to be one hell of a time. So, again, guys, for me, that will do it for my takeaways and my recap of the Texas series. We'll, we'll love to hear you guys' thoughts, your takeaways, your thoughts, everything else, your series MVP. Man, it feels good to be good. And it feels good to beat Texas horns freaking down. All right, guys, we got some basketball to talk about. Before we do, though, I do want to tell you about our latest sponsor, and our newest partner, the best real estate agent, the best real estate team in the local Columbia area. Of course, guys, I'm talking about Marissa Kennedy, realtor and founding member of the Patrick O'Connor team with Coldwell Banker. Guys, this team helped over 250 families last year. They work with both buyers and sellers in the Columbia and surrounding areas. Guys, they also do premium advertising to sell your home faster with high quality pictures and video. Get this, the numbers speak for themselves. In 2021, they sold homes for on average 5.4% more than 
the competition. Now, guys, in case you did not know, we're in a seller's market right now, but Marissa is able to get buyers under contract and new homes by being able to show and available to show homes as soon as they hit the market, collaborating with listing agents to write offers that meet the needs and wants of the sellers, and keeping up clear communication throughout the entire process to ensure we make it to the closing table without a hitch. Again, guys, if you are in real estate right now, you're in the market, you're looking to buy, you're looking to sell, whatever it is, you want to do it with the best real estate agent and the best real estate team in the local Columbia area. Look no further than Marissa Kennedy, realtor and founding member of the Patrick O'Connor team with Colwell Banker. Give her, give her a call today, 803-406-1800. Again, guys, that's 803-406-1800. You can also find her on Facebook and be sure to go like her Facebook page, Marissa Kennedy Realtor. That's at Marissa Kennedy Realtor. Again, guys, that's Marissa Kennedy, realtor and founding member of the Patrick O'Connor team with Colwell Banker. Be sure to check her out and tell her that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. All right, guys, really quickly, our news and notes closing out on basketball. And we'll start with the bad news first as men's basketball season officially ends with no NIT bid, no postseason for Frank Martin and company. And, you know, it sucks. It sucks. I got to be honest. Because I really was, I really thought, I was for sure that this team was going to the NIT. I, I, I really thought it was happening. I'm surprised that South Carolina's not in the NIT. And, I, you know, I, 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 to a degree, don't understand it. Because Vanderbilt's in. I will say this, though. And, again, I, I, we'll, we'll talk about it more this week. Okay? But the bottom line is this. I see people say, well, the net doesn't like us and the committee's never liked us and this, that, whatever. Listen, guys, I, I'm going to keep this very short and sweet. You either get GG Jackson, okay? You either get GG Jackson or South Carolina needs to move on from Frank Martin. Because you can say this, that, play the victim card. But you know what? Here's a hot take for you. What if we get a coach that maybe everybody doesn't hate? You're saying, Chris, what are you talking about? Well, I mean, when it comes to net, guys, there's things that go into net like offensive efficiency and like the way you play the game. So the net hates Frank Martin. And obviously selection committees and selection people hate South Carolina, a.k.a. they must not be very fond of Frank Martin and his teams. I don't know, guys. I'm just saying. But all I do know for a fact is this. South Carolina men's basketball is sitting at home again with no postseason. Not even. Not even. And an IT. And what did I tell you in the preseason? Go pull up the clips. Go pull them up. Because the energy ain't changed on this side. The energy has not changed. We all said coming into the season. Why would we switch up our energy now? We said it in preseason. It's tournament or bust. If you don't make the tournament in year 10, you need to walk. And most certainly, if you don't make the postseason of any kind in year 10, you need to walk. So the fact I'm even giving Frank an out with the G.G. Jackson thing, I mean, I feel like I'm going through some self-growth or something. 
But at what point, guys, is it not good enough? At what point do we say, you know what? I'm tired of seeing Twitter and everybody else looking forward to and talking about Selection Sunday. And us waking up and knowing we have nothing to look forward to. Nothing. We have nothing to look forward to. And again, oh, they shafted us. Oh, they snubbed us. Well, let's go get a damn coach that won't get shafted. Let's go get a coach that won't get snubbed. Sorry, guys. Style points matter in college basketball. Apparently, they do. So let's go get someone who doesn't want to play old-school, physical, hack-a-shack-type basketball. Let's go get somebody who wants to score 90 points per game. Let's go get somebody who wants to win with offense. I don't. Let's go get somebody who wants to win flashy. I don't know, man. I hate it for Frank, and you do too. But damn it, I said what I said in the preseason. I sure as shit ain't changed my energy now. And again, I feel like I'm going through growth to give Frank even this out of getting a guy like G.G. Jackson. Hey, maybe that can be a game-changing prospect. But many of you say, well, Chris, we've never had basketball tradition. What if we go back to the depths where Darren Horn had us? Guys, we're not getting in the postseason anyways, so what difference does it make? Nobody gives a damn anyways. We're not making the postseason. What did we do? When we look back 20 years from now in the history books, what will you remember from the 2021-2022 basketball season? What will you recall? Not a damn thing. Not a damn thing. And you know why? It's because we didn't go to a postseason. Not even an NIT. So SEC wins and, and winning percentage in the conference, and that don't mean jack shit, man. It don't mean a damn thing. It don't mean a damn thing. And I feel for Frank because I get it. But you know what, man? He's trying to cling to every little record he set. He's trying to cling to every, you know, every accolade, this, that. That don't mean shit. None of them mean a damn thing. Oh, what if we, what if we, we, we become bad as Georgia and we go, we go back to what we were against Darren Horn? What's the difference, man? Whether we're winning five conference games or seven or nine, what is the difference? Because nobody gives a damn as is outside of the little pocket of Gamecocks men's basketball fans and yours truly, which is cool. Thank goodness for those people. But nobody gives a shit. The common Gamecock fan don't give a shit. And if you bring Frank Martin back, I'm going to tell you this. If you don't get Gigi, and you bring Frank Martin back, you are spitting on your fan base. You are spitting on your fan base. You are telling your fan base, we don't give a damn about winning. As long as the product's just decent, we are, we are A-okay with being average. Long as we're average and we can put just enough in the seats, Hey, we don't give a damn. We got no aspirations. We don't need to go to the tournament. And if that's the case, then so be it. But another year, guys, another year, another year, no postseason. What will happen? Will you get Gigi Jackson? Will changes be made? Heck, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
But it's just I, I'm I'm just so sick and tired of it, man. I, you know what? You know what? I, I'm I, I am I am done being mute on it, man. I, I'm just done being mute on it. Again, I'm I'm trying to be as nice as possible. Hey, giving Frank Martin out, he gets GG. Cool, man. Give him a chance. But you know what, dude? There should be set standards. There should be set expectations. I don't give two shits about the bad history. You know what? The bad history will continue. Uh, until somebody's brave enough to set standards and expectations of the program, the bad history will continue. Bottom line. So, you know what? If you care about basketball, if you care about basketball, go get a different coach. Change up the program. Change things up. Do something. Invest in it also. I don't think it's an easy answer by any stretch. But change something, man. Because just going 500 SEC play and not making a postseason, it's not good enough. It's just flat out not good enough. And, you know, oh, the net hates us, the selection. Well, then go get a coach that they like. Go get a coach they like. Play a style of basketball they like. Because they are who chooses who gets in and who doesn't. We can bitch and complain all we want. But they, the committee, they are the ones who select. It's called Selection Sunday. They select. We play, they select. So go get somebody they want to select. It's very simple. Because Frank Martin and his archaic style of basketball, obviously they don't want to select. The math is not that hard to do here. Again, we'll have much more conversation on that the rest of the week. Um, on a more positive notes, women's basketball, the number one overall seed, ho-hum. They are the number one seed also in the Greensboro region. They will take on the winner of Howard and Incarnate. God, what was the name of this team? Incarnate ha- or Word, excuse me, the winner of Howard and Incarnate Word. The official schedule is set to drop, uh, I believe, later this week or just sometime this week. Of note, also, Iowa is the two-seed in that region. Um, Could be a really, really cool matchup down the road. So, guys, that being said, let's go ahead and wrap it up. (laughs) Got a little more passion than I expected there at the end. But either way, guys, a whole lot of passion on this side. Again, appreciate you all, all, man. Thank you all so much. We're going to have one kick-ass week. Cannot wait to do it again. Podcast, Daily Crow rolling all week long. You guys stay tuned for all the content. Content bleeding out the eyeballs this week. And don't forget, folks. Horns down, and it feels good to be good. Y'all have a great week. Y'all have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all for the love and support. Y'all have a great rest of your Monday, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.